Good morning and welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We're glad you're here today. We've got several that are still finding their way to your seats and that is perfectly okay, but we are glad you're here. Welcome to Palm Sunday at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Today is a special day, as you can imagine, uh, as you see on the stage and the kids are preparing to come in in just a moment with palm branches and it's just a wonderful day. We look forward to what God is gonna do as we worship him uh, together this, this morning. Next Sunday at 6.45 a.m., that's right, 6.45 a.m. I'm sure all of you will be back for our sunrise service over here in the prayer garden. And immediately following the sunrise service, we will have a uh, pancake breakfast in our fellowship hall. So we hope that you will join us for that. Uh, and then of course, Easter service next Sunday at 10.55 a.m. We are glad that you're here today. Let's stand together and sing as we begin our worship, hymn number 126, All Glory, Laud, and Honor. Let's stand. join me in a time of prayer this morning. God, we praise you on this Palm Sunday. We praise you, our King and our Redeemer. As we enter into Holy Week, we are reminded of the events of this week long ago and how they forever changed the course of history. Help us not to rush through this week with business as usual, but help us to pause, to reflect, and read through the story once again. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, and it is, it is in his name that we gather, in his name we sing, and in his name that we worship today. 
Bless the choir, the musicians, Candy, and the sound technicians. May we all be challenged to walk closer to you today. May we hear something in the songs or in the drama that we have never heard before. Speak to each one today in ways that we need to be spoken to. Touch those who are sick, those who are seeking your will. Father, we pray that they would receive direction and they would know where you are leading them today. Help those today that are in places of war. We pray that you would bring peace, O God. Bless and provide for missionaries around the world. Give wisdom to those in places of leadership. We commit this time to you today. Bless now this service and bless now these financial gifts that are given. Father, bless the gift and the giver of the gift. It's in Jesus' name all of God's people said, amen.
Matthew. And these are a few of my friends and co-workers. This is Mark. This is Luke. And this is John. We're here to celebrate the good news. This occasion is more festive than any other celebration. This is the celebration of life. Life with a capital L. His life. The life. Perhaps we better explain what we mean. Yeah, let's show them what we mean. Let's show them what there is to celebrate. Listen, everyone, and you shall know the truth. For you said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free.
beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in Him was everything made, and in Him was life. And that life was the light to all the world, and it shunned away the darkness. And the darkness could not ever conquer it. God sent the Word to a small village to a young girl in Galilee. That girl's name was Mary. She was told in a vision that she was going to have a baby, and that baby would be the Son of God.
imagine the thoughts that were going through Mary's mind. There she was, a young girl who had never even known a man, and she was being told in a vision by an angel that she was going to have a baby. What would she tell her folks? Who would believe her? What would she say? It was a strange position to be in, but she was willing for God to use her. She knew that what was to happen to her was divine, and she was filled with wonder. See my 
About the same time, the Emperor Augustus made a law that everyone in the Roman world had to be counted. And to be counted, you had to return to the village of your forefathers. So Joseph, being a descendant of David, went to Bethlehem, and Mary, his betrothed, went with him. She was expecting a child, and while they were there, it was time for her baby to be born. There were so many people in Bethlehem that there was nowhere for them to go. The only place that they could find room was in a stable behind a crowded inn. She gave birth to her son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in soft, swaddling clothes, kissed him, and laid him in the manger. Not far away, there were some shepherds in a field keeping watch over their flock. Suddenly, the darkness of their night was exploded and truth was made known to them. They were the first to know that love had been made manifest in human form. An angel told them. There was a incredibly bright light and suddenly there were thousands of angels singing hosannas. The shepherds were scared to death, but the angel said, shepherds heard what the angel had to say, 
They forgot all about being afraid. They decided to go see the new baby that had been born. When they found the place that the angel was talking about, they went in very quietly. Now, the shepherds weren't the only ones excited about the baby being born in Bethlehem. Three wise men from the east came to Jerusalem looking and asking for who is, where is this baby to be born king of the Jews? We observed his star rising in the east and have come to pay him homage. These three men were astrologers. Now, now when King Herod heard about the possible other child being born as king of the Jews, he was not very happy. He called a meeting of all the chief priests and lawyers and asked him where this king, the Messiah, was to be born. Well, they all put their heads together and came up with... Bethlehem! So, Herod called all the astrologers into him and said, go and find this child and then come back to me. Tell me where he's at so that I can come and worship him too. He was a sly one, that Herod was. These astrologers continued their search though. And they followed the star until they found the place where the baby lay. When they entered the house, they saw the baby and mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense. But wait, there's myrrh. (laughs) Those were three very funny men. At first, Mary and Joseph were shy about having such important people in their house, but quickly the travelers put them at ease.
incense and gold for the king who was foretold. Myrrh and frankincense. Mighty fine gifts. Yes, yes sir. sitting on his throne waiting. Those were three very smart men. Yes, sir, they were smart men. They were smart. And Herod was desperate. He wasn't about to let a new king threaten him and his family. So he decided to kill every male child in the region. That way, he could make sure that any new king was disposed of. His scheme would have worked too, but he was Joseph was warned in a dream to take the baby and Mary and flee to Egypt. After several years, Joseph eventually brought his little family back home to Nazareth after King Herod had died, where he set up his carpenter shop, and Jesus grew into manhood, learning Joseph's trade. And then after that, years passed, and when Jesus was about 30 years old, he was baptized by his cousin John. And after that, he went into the wilderness to meditate. He was there for 40 days. For 40 days and nights, he fasted. At the end of that time, he was hungry. The tempter approached him. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. It is written that man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down for here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning you. And in their hands they will bear you up, for fear you even strike your foot against a stone. It is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. All these things I will give to you. All these things if you will only bow down and worship me. Wait! It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and Him only. Amen. 
With him were 12 men who he had called to follow him, learn from him, and tell others what they had learned. And it seemed wherever Jesus went, people began to gather around him where he would then teach them and heal them. John, you remember the, uh, the episode with Jairus? I wasn't there, but, uh, but I can remember. I heard about it. Jesus was in a mob. People were crowding all around him, trying to get close to him to hear what he had to say. Suddenly a man named Jairus burst through the crowd and fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house because his daughter was dying. Oh yeah, I remember a lot was happening that day. Also in the crowd was a woman who had been sick for 12 years. She'd went to all kinds of doctors, tried to find any kind of cure. She could spend a lot of money and time into it, but no one can cure her of her disease. She had heard that Jesus was a holy man and on that little bit of information, she went and thought, if only I can touch him, I can be made well. So she was going, trying to get to him, but the crowd was just packed so tight around him. When she'd almost touch him, the crowd would shift one way and then another. And then she finally reached out and then touched the hem of his garment. And then she was made well. Now... Jesus, realizing what had happened, looked around and said, Who touched me? Realizing that she had been discovered, in a small, timid voice said, I did, sir. I didn't want to appear too bold, so I quietly touched you. And then Jesus looked at her, smiled, and said, Your faith has made you whole.
sooner had this happened than a man came from Jairus' house to tell him that his daughter had died. Jesus heard and said, Don't be afraid. Show faith and all will be well. Jesus went with Jairus to his house and he wouldn't let anyone enter except Peter and James and John and the girl's parents. The rest of the household was outside crying. He said, Don't cry. She is not dead. She's merely asleep. Jesus took her hand and called to her. Get up, my child. And she did. After this he went journeying From town to town and village to village Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom The kingdom saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart, 
for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for my name, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets which were before you. And he taught us how to pray. Enter into your closet, shut the door, and pray to your Father. Right now, wherever you are, let's enter into your secret place and let all hearts and minds unite as one mind as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. One day there was a large crowd that followed him. He knew they were tired and hungry, so he told Philip to go find them some food. Philip said, we don't have nearly enough food to feed all of these people. But he scouted around in the crowd, and, and all he could find was one small boy who had brought his lunch that day. That boy gave Jesus all he had. Jesus took the bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to his disciples who gave it to the crowd. After everyone was filled, they took up 12 basketfuls left over. The people thought, what a wonderful miracle. And it was. But there were two miracles really that day. Of course, feeding the multitude of people was one. But the second was a small boy hearing the messages and teachings of Jesus and caring enough to share what he had with others. The whole time that Jesus was with us, He knew what we couldn't know. Well, He knew so much that we couldn't know. But I'm speaking about His impending death. He told us about it several times and always seemed to be in the form of a parable, some sort of saying, and seemed so far and so distant from us that it couldn't pose any harm or threat to us. Now, the time of the Passover was drawing near, and Jesus wanted us all to celebrate together. 
So we gathered for what would be our last meal together. This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my blood, shed for you. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me.
Remember the time we went through the triumphant entry into Jerusalem? Well, there he was, sitting on that young donkey. The crowds cheered, most of them for bread and miracles, but they cheered. They waved palms in front of him. And he looked like a king. Except, as I remember it now, he didn't wave or even smile to the crowd. No, he he kept his head bowed as though it had all the error and lies and pain in the world, pulling it low. Perhaps he could hear how close those cheers and hosannas were to jeers and curses. Jeers and curses. He died that day. He walked straight down that road with all sorts of resolve. And He died. And I cried every step of the way and was unashamed because I knew that my grief was holy. I knew the path He walked had been walked by millions before going through the valley of the shadow. But He died for them all. Over all the broken stones and black thorns, He walked. And He walked it alone. I thought, how can I bear not to have Him with us anymore? I felt though too, as I walked through the crowd, that I shouldn't be crying for what crazy reason I can't remember. The tears in my eyes formed prisms so that I saw hundreds of Him walking away to die. All the grasses bent their heads and the wind blew a sad, sad refrain. And I watched Him walk to the altar again and again and again. His whole life had pointed to this single eventuality. He died. Why was He so abused? Because He loved? Is love so horrible a thing to look upon that one must kill it? Later, I sat in my whitewashed house trying to make any rhyme, reason, or sense out of his life and his death. 
I wanted to end it all, just like Judas had done. But I was terrified to jump out there. All winds, all nights, dark. I was alone and frightened. Our world had crumpled, lay before us pale and naked and dead. We were frightened, so we stood back. We were afraid we might be killed too. Death was so real to us right then. Once they were sure he was dead, they let Joseph of Arimathea have his body. And we stood at the edge of the crowd as they gently lowered Jesus' body from the cross. They had to disengage his hands and his feet from the nails. Took his body and placed it in a tomb and rolled a large stone across the entrance. It all seemed so final. That Sunday, three days after they had buried him, some of the women went to the tomb to anoint his body. And when they got there... When they got there, the tomb was empty. The stone, the huge stone had been rolled away and the grave was empty. Mary Magdalene was still so wrapped up in her grief, she could only think that someone had stolen his body. Not only had they robbed her of the life of this man, now they had robbed his grave as well. 
Tears flooded her eyes. She stumbled into the garden sobbing. And there she saw someone. She thought it must have been the gardener. Please, if you, if you know where they had taken his body, please, won't you tell me? Mary, he said, again like he used to. And then she recognized him. Go and tell them that I am alive. He is 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 alive.
Jesus was born, and he exploded the universe with truth. More powerful than atomic explosions, his love has destroyed sin and death. And at the same time, it has radiated throughout the whole world. His way has offered salvation to desperate, lonely people. His love has turned enemies into friends, pain into joy, death into life. He has offered that love to all who will accept it. He offers it to us. He offers us hope. He offers us salvation. That is what we are celebrating. Not the death, not the miracles, but his life and the life that he offers us. He challenges us to follow his example of loving and caring unselfishly, thinking more of loving than of being loved, thinking more of forgiving than of being forgiven, thinking more of understanding than of being understood. That is the kind of life that he offers us. That is the life that we celebrate. You've heard a powerful retelling of the gospel story this morning. If you were here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, we invite you during this next song to come and to do that this morning. If you desire church membership or desire prayer here at the altar, I'd be glad to receive you and glad to pray with you.
Wow. Thank you, choir. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, candy. And thank you, sound and et cetera up top. So let's give those guys a hand as well. The choir will be available after, I think they're exiting here in a moment, and they will be available after the service in the vestibule. We are so glad each of you are here today. And guys, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I know, many of you know, because you're related to some of these up here, the hours that have been put in preparing for this day. And so you guys are going on the road now, right? <laughs> you taking this, where are you taking it? Okay, well, maybe not today, all right. Um, but we're glad that you're here today. Please take a moment, speak to the choir, speak to the band. Uh, thank all of you. And some of you, like I said, family members have given up time for your loved one to come and to, to be involved in this. And so thank you. This has been a powerful, powerful message and a powerful uh, day of worship as well. Uh, I'm going to conclude with the benediction. And then after the benediction, the choir will be uh, leading us out in song today. Glad you're here today. Be sure to speak to two or three faces that you haven't spoken to before you leave today. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this presentation this morning, a powerful presentation of your life, death, and your resurrection. Father, we celebrate the life that you have given us. It is truly a life worth celebrating. Lord, bless this choir, the musicians, Candy, all those who have helped today, each one present this morning. Father, we thank you for filling our lives with hope and purpose and meaning. And Father, we're grateful that, Lord, when we draw our last breath, Lord, you've given us the promise of eternity with you. Father, we don't take that for granted. Lord, help us to live our lives in gratitude of the life that you have given us. We truly celebrate that life today. In Jesus' name, amen.